This program is brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Welcome to Friendship with God with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Today's message and previous messages can be listened to or downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. You can also obtain free resources from Tom Cantor and view our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org or call us at 800-247-3051. 800-247-3051. Tom Cantor also has a daily devotional verse that comes out each day by email and on Facebook. To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org, or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here is our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor. Love's question is for a total person response. She must be convinced in her mind she has to think about it and be convinced in her mind she should go. She has to be stirred in her heart with emotion and she should have, she should have a heart response, she should go. She has to be determined in her will that she's going to let nothing, no obstacle stand in her way. And so this is the question for her whole person, her mind, her heart, her will. When then she hears the word, that's what she hears when she hears the word will. And then she hears the word thou, you, you alone, will you go, will you, will thou go? What's your decision? When she hears thou, then she's hearing a question that she understands is individual. It's personal, just for her. When she hears thou, she, thou, she knows nobody else can speak for her. They've been trying to, but they can't. And no one else can say that she will or she will not. This must be her own response. And this is love's question. Love's question is an individual and a personal question that demands a response from the mind, the heart, and the will. And there's this great suspense in the room. All the eyes, like I say, they're on Rebecca. And she gives a response in verse 58. And she said, I will go. And when she says, I, she's saying, this is my decision. It's personal. It's individual. And when she said, I will She's saying, I, my mind, I've thought it over. I've decided I'm gonna go. I, I, with my mind, I made a decision. With my heart, it's stirred. I'm emotionally engaged in this now. Yes, I will go. With my will, I will go. I will go. She makes this decision, I will go. And she's realizing her decision is final. She will never turn back again. As a matter of fact, she'll never see her family again for the rest of her life. She'll never see them. And she, this is gonna be the last time that she's gonna see her family. Her decision is final. There's gonna be no divorce in this. She's gonna go. She'll never look back. She'll never come back. And so Rebecca says, I will go. She knew that she alone was making this decision and that her decision was gonna stand. 
And so she says, I will go. That's love's answer. That's love's answer. And then she said, I will go. That was such a decisive statement that determined her future. Her future was determined in that, I will go. You know, go. She says, go. You know, there's really two two decisions there of go. Go from, go to. That's the two. The first decision is to go from. Well, go from what? Well, she was a daughter of, 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 in a rich home, Rebecca was. And, but she was really just the girl around the house. She was just the girl around the house. She ran errands. She went here. She went there. She would water the sheep. She helped around the farmyard with the animals. But her life was really relatively aimless. And she had no real purpose in her life. She was just the girl around the house. She didn't have a husband, so she had no children, so she couldn't build a family, so she couldn't drain children, she couldn't, she couldn't influence souls of people. She was relatively fruitless in this home. So when she says, I will go, then then she's saying, I am going from. I am going from a life of aimlessness, from a life of purposelessness, from a life of no fruit. She says, I will go. Rebecca is saying that she's forsaking all that. And in verse 61, when it says, Rebecca arose and her damsels, and they rode upon the camels and followed the man. And then it says, she arose, that's love's decision to forsake. Love's decision to forsake. That's what she did. And then, but the other part of what Rebecca was doing in her decision was that she was not only going from her old life, but she was going to a new life, to a new life. We see this especially in this verse, 61, where it says, Rebecca rose and followed the man. And for this new life, her family had sent her away with a great blessing, a great a great wish. And they sent her away in verse 59, where it says, they sent away Rebecca, her sister. In verse 60, they said, they blessed Rebecca, and they said, thou art our sister. Be thou the mother of thousands of millions. Billions is what that is. And let thy seed possess the gate of those which hate them. See, these were blessings for her to have a great purpose in her life, to have a great aim in her life, to grab a great fruit in her life. Rebecca is now going to Isaac. She's going to Isaac, and she is starting on a pilgrimage. She's starting on a long journey, some 500 miles, as we said, and that's gonna take, like we said, one to two months of her traveling along following Eliezer to reach Isaac. And now Rebecca is not looking back, but she's only looking forward to becoming Isaac's wife. And all along the way, just picture this journey now. She leaves, goodbye. And all along the way, she's going to face new challenges that she never faced before. She's going to cross a desert she's never seen the length of this desert before. She's going to cross a river she's never seen such a large river before. She's going to go through valleys to all to get to Isaac. But it's during the process. It's during the one to two months of the travel that's so interesting. During the times at night around the campfires, during the times when they're traveling, what do you think they talked about when they were walking along and Eliezer knows everything about Isaac and she doesn't? And what do you think they talk about and the campfires there? What's the weather like down there? I don't think so. <laughs> no. Because all along the way, all along the way, she keeps asking questions to Eliezer. Tell me about Isaac. Tell me about Isaac. Tell me about Isaac. And Eliezer talks all along the way. Oh, Isaac, he has great riches. Oh, he's got all the riches his father has been given to me. Come with me. I'll take you to him. And then she says, he says, Isaac, such a man of virtue. 
He's a clean man. He's a pure man. He's an honest man. He's a truthful man. Oh, he's so virtuous. Come with me. I'll take you to him. Isaac, glorious person. Isaac is in God's line to bring in the world's redeemer. Come with me. I'll take you to him. Isaac is the son of God's promise. God promised this son. Abraham was only one son. It's Isaac. Come with me, I'll take you to him. He's a meditative person. He loves to go out at the end of the day and just meditate before God. Come with me, I'll take you to him. He's the son of laughter. Come with me, I'll take you to him. And all along the way of their pilgrimage, Eliezer is glorifying Isaac as he leads her, Isaac, as he leads Rebekah to Isaac. That's love's decision to follow. Love's decision to follow. Now, finally, Eliezer brings Rebekah to Isaac. And we read about this in this uh, verse 66. The servant told Isaac all things he had done. And Isaac brought her unto his mother's Sarah's tent and took Rebekah and she became his wife. When Eliezer brought Rebekah to Isaac, it's so simple. This marriage, it says he took her. He took Rebekah. No large, elaborate, expensive wedding parties. Just simply he took her. That's her. She became his wife. So simple back then. But Isaac took her, and she became his wife. That was love's delight, love's delight. Finally, after such a long pilgrimage, which she's learned so much about Isaac, the anticipation has been so, has been building more and more. Finally, she's brought to him, and she becomes his wife. That was the day she was looking forward to when she became his wife. That was love's delight, love's delight. And then we read one more detail about Isaac in verse 67. Isaac brought her to his mother Sarah's tent, took Rebekah, became his wife, and he loved her. He loved her, and he was comforted after his mother's death. Do you realize that's the only time in any of the lives of the patriarchs where it ever says that a man loved his wife? He loved Rebekah. He loved her. Isaac loved Rebekah. Isaac loved and loved and loved Rebekah. And he is the only one that only had one wife, Rebekah. Absolutely out of the question that there would be another one, unlike Abraham and Jacob. Isaac loved Rebekah, and this shows love's commitment, love's commitment. So what we've seen, what we've seen in this picture, the gospel according to Moses here, is we've seen in the marriage of Isaac these parts of love, love's plan, love's criteria, love's basis, willingness, love's search, love's pursuit, love's question, love's response, Love's forsaking, love's following, love's delight, love's commitment. And all of this is the gospel. All of this is the gospel because the whole plan to get a wife all came from Abraham. The plan for Isaac all started with Abraham and Isaac just waited for the wife to be delivered to him. In the same way, it was in the heart and the mind of God the Father to get a bride for God the Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. When God said in the beginning it was not good for man to dwell alone, that he should have a wife, his son was going to become a man. He knew that. And it was not good for his son, the man, to be alone. So he set out to get a bride for the Lord Jesus Christ, even before the foundation of the world. And then we saw how Abraham had one strong criteria for the bride for his son. It had to be not a Canaanite, not a Canaanite. It had to be a woman from far away that was taken out of her people and had to forsake her people. That was the criteria for the wife. She had to be also willing 
to forsake her own people and come out of her own people. In the same way, an unbelieving person cannot become a part of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. The person must be, to be a part of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ, he must be taken, he or she must be taken out of the world, not in the world, just like Rebecca was taken out of Syria to become Isaac's wife. And in the same way, a person cannot have his heart remain in the world. He has to be taken out of the world in heart also, which means that his affections, his interests, and his goals are not earthly, worldly-centered, but now are centered on him. And just as Abraham made it clear to Eliezer that he was not to take a woman against her will than to become Isaac's wife, God in his sovereignty, and I, I use that word, the sovereignty of God, what God has done in his sovereignty is he has crowned each man with the sovereignty of choice. God, who is all sovereign, has said to each man, I crown you with the sovereignty of choice. You will make the decision. I will not make the decision for you. And they and they alone, the people, make the decision. And Eliezer was not to force or take a person against her will to be Isaac's wife. This was all to be based on the woman's willingness to come. And in the same way, God does not force anyone to become a Christian. Becoming a part of the bride of Christ is all based on the individual's willingness and nothing else. And just as Abraham is a type of God the Father, and Isaac is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, and Rebecca is a type of you and me and all sinners, Eliezer is a type of, of the Holy Spirit. And just as we saw Eliezer search diligently for the wife for Isaac, going to the well, praying for to find the right person, so the Holy Spirit is searching diligently for those who will become a part of the bride of Christ. And he does this searching by convicting the world of their sin and by looking for those who respond to that conviction of sin. And Rebecca, like I said, she's a type of you and me, and, all, and we are sinners, and we are being sought for. We were sought for, and the Holy Spirit is seeking among sinners. He's seeking for the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as Eliezer pursued Rebecca and fought with her, and fought for her, I should say, fought for her, he pursued her with jewelry that he gave her and her family that he gave. And just as Eliezer pursued Rebecca by standing up to the family that was trying to keep her not from going. So the Holy Spirit pursues us by convicting us not only of sin, but of righteousness. What righteousness? The righteousness of the Lord Jesus Christ. And like Eliezer glorified Isaac, the Holy Spirit glorifies the Lord Jesus. He brought to our minds the righteousness of the Lord so that we'd stand back and admire his righteousness. We would admire the goodness of the Lord Jesus. The Holy Spirit pursued us by convicting us of judgment, making us understand the consequences of defying God. Then we saw how all this climax, it came to this tense time when the question was put to Rebecca, will you go with this man? Will you follow him? And in the same way, there's the tension of the moment when the great question is put to us, will we receive the Lord Jesus Christ as Savior and God? And just as Rebecca had to be totally involved in her decision, in her mind, she had thought it over. She was convinced. She wanted 
And same with us. In our mind, we thought it over. We wanted to receive the Lord in our heart as our Savior. And in our hearts, our hearts were stirred by his death for us, by his love for us. And we wanted to receive him because we loved him. And our will, our wills had been convinced and they were determined that we wanted to receive the Lord. The whole person, with all the mind, with all the heart, with all the will, they heard the challenging question and they wanted to receive the Lord. And just as Rebecca knew that the word thou, wilt thou go with him, we knew that the gospel question of whether or not to receive the Lord was personal and individual. God said to Israel, I will call you one by one, not en masse, not as a big group, by one by one. And this is what we see about the Lord whenever he was dealing with people. There may have been a whole crowd around him, but he was blinded to them. He had blinders on. He just saw that person. He just spoke with that person. They might as well have been totally alone as, for example, the woman who was taken at adultery before him. And, and so just as Rebecca, we knew that no one could make this decision for us. We had to come individually. We had to make our own decision. To respond negatively, to say no to God's love, to say I could not care less, that's the reason for an eternal banish, an eternal exile from God. That's what hell is, an eternal exile from God. And just as Rebecca, she had to give her response. She had to give her response clearly. She couldn't say, well, I'll go, what? I didn't hear you, Rebecca. No, no. She said it clearly. She said it audibly. We have to confess with our mouth clearly, audibly, that we have decided to receive the Lord Jesus Christ. And just as Rebecca, she wasn't a secret follower of the man to go to Isaac. There's no such thing as secret believers of the Lord Jesus. That response is that we give is not just by mouth, but it's also by baptism. Baptism is important. If you don't think baptism is important, the Israeli Supreme Court thinks that baptism is important. Why? Because the Israeli Supreme Court in Israel, it bars me and others from becoming Israeli citizens, even though both my parents were Jewish, and the state of Israel was formed with, on the basis of the right of return of any Jewish person, but not for me. Why? Because both my parents were Jewish, and the question is not whether you receive the Lord Jesus Christ, not what you believe about the Lord Jesus Christ. The only question the Israeli court asked, have you been baptized? Baptism is important. And just as when Rebecca said, go, I will go, that meant that she would forsake her own land, and her family to go. And in the same way, we forsake the world and everything that's in the world when we decide to follow the Lord Jesus. And he said, he said whoever does not forsake me, uh, sorry, forsake the world and everything, he's not worthy of, of me, the Lord said. And just as Rebecca knew that when she left, she would never return again. She knew that. And when we turned to the Lord Jesus, we knew no divorces. There are no divorces and we would never turn back from him. And just as Rebecca said, when she said, go, I will go, it meant that she was going to Isaac. She was going to Isaac. When we received the Lord Jesus Christ and decided to follow, we are going to the Lord Jesus. And just as Rebecca started her long pilgrimage from Syria to Beersheba, Beersheba to, to, that, that, where Isaac was, we started our long journey when we became a Christian to go to the Lord Jesus. 
And just as all along the way, Rebecca kept asking to learn more and more and more about Isaac, so on our long pilgrimage to heaven, we want to find out more and more and more about the Lord Jesus. And when we come to our morning devotions with an open heart and an open Bible, we want to learn more about the Lord Jesus. And when we come to church, we want to learn more and more about the Lord Jesus. And just as, as Eliezer spoke to Rebecca, not about himself, not about himself. You know what's remarkable about this passage? Eliezer is the key person, one of the key people, very key in this chapter. And you know what's amazing? Find his name. You can't find his name. He's just the man. He has drifted into the background, and he's just the man. We assume he's Eliezer, but it's not listed. He's just the man. He's the servant, but he plays such a prominent role. But he's, he's only referred to as the man. And in the same way, the Holy Spirit does not speak of himself. He glorifies the Lord Jesus and speaks of him. And if a person is in a church where the Holy Spirit is glorified or emphasized, he's in the wrong church. He's in the wrong church because that's not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is like this man by Galeazar here, dropping into the background and pointing toward the Lord Jesus Christ. And all along our pilgrimage to the Lord Jesus, you know what he's saying to us? The Lord Jesus is so good. He's so pure. He's so righteous through and through. Come with me. I'll take you to him. He's saying, the Lord Jesus is God. He's the almighty God. He's the great creator. He's the great sustainer. Come with me. I'll take you to him. The Lord Jesus is full of blood. He died for your sins. Come with me. I'll take you to him. And so just as Rebecca followed Eliezer, who took her to Isaac, we follow the Holy Spirit, as he guides us into all truth and brings things back to our memory of what things the Lord Jesus has said to us. And so in our morning devotion, we should be like Rebecca sitting around a campfire, walking along the way, and we should say to the Holy Spirit, I will follow you. Take me to the Lord Jesus. And just as there was that great day, that great day when Rebecca did come to Isaac and Isaac did take her and she became his wife, and that was love's delight. So there's a coming day in the book of Revelation. We see it. It's called the marriage supper of the Lamb. When the Lord Jesus shall take us, and then we'll become his, his wife. We'll live with him forever. That's going to be the greatest delight when we'll be joined forever to the Lord. That's love's consummation. Love's consummation. And just as it says that Isaac loved Rebecca, that's love's commitment love's commitment. So the Lord loves us with an everlasting love, and he's promised to never leave us and never for, forsake us. And all of that is laid out for us in the last verses of Romans 8, where it talks about nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. When it says in Romans 8, 38, Romans 8, 38, I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature, and I will add, nor cancer, shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. He will never divorce us. So in this wonderful history here of the marriage of Isaac, we've seen what does it mean to become a part of the bride of the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for, Lord, again, hand-selecting these histories for us so that we can see clearly how you want a bride for your son and who the bride must be, 
and how the bride must choose and how the bride forsakes and how the bride follows and how the bride learns all along the way and finally how the love's delight and love's consummation and love's commitment. Thank you, Lord, for the picture you've put here before us in the marriage of Isaac, in Jesus' name. Another wonderful day studying the Bible with our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor, here on Friendship with God. Don't forget that today's message and previous messages can be listened to and downloaded for free at friendshipwithgod.org, friendshipwithgod.org. You can also go online to find free resources from Tom Cantor and our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. You can also find Tom Cantor on Facebook, and you can also go to friendshipwithgod.org and sign up for his daily devotional. Tom Cantor is also the founder of Israel Restoration Ministries. You can visit that website at israelrestorationministries.org. You can write to Tom Cantor at P.O. Box 711330, P.O. Box 711330, Santee, California, Santee, California, 92071. Or email Tom Cantor at tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org, tomcantor at friendshipwithgod.org. Or for more information about Tom Cantor and Friendship with God and Israel Restoration Ministries, call us at 800-247-3051. What are you doing Sunday nights? Come join Friendship with God radio Bible teacher Tom Cantor of the Friendship with God Fellowship Church every Sunday night at 5.30 p.m. at The Vine at 9336 Abraham Way, Santee, California. Watch and listen live around the world to Tom Cantor Sunday evening on YouTube.com by searching for Friendship with God Fellowship or by going to our homepage at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.